Welcome to the Riverfront. This is episode number 493 of the World's Most Dangerous Podcast, where we discuss the Cincinnati Reds and occasionally Felipe Lopez. I'm your host, Chad Dotson, with me this week, your friend and mine, Nate Dotson. How are you, Nate? You know, I might argue that we don't talk about Felipe Lopez enough. I'll look back fondly on that guy. I agree. Uh, Chad, I am doing great. It's been a cloudy day here in Richmond, Virginia. It's been a cloudy couple days in Red's world, it seems like. Um, but you know what? It's August 3rd. Our boys are in first place. Life is good. What are the, what are the problems? I mean, we'll discuss some of the problems, There's but there are no real problems. Ah, no real problems here. Come on. The Reds are in first place for the, I think, the third time since like 2005 on August 3rd. Um, so uh, we want to make sure that we remember that throughout this conversation today. This is going to be the trade deadline spectacular. We're going to talk a little bit about, we're going to talk a lot about the trade deadline. A lot of great questions coming at us about that. Uh, that'll help us frame the discussion. Uh, we should just, I guess, uh, first mention, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that like button, smash the subscribe button. And if you're listening to the audio version, just subscribe. I mean, it's that easy or follow or whatever they call it there. So, uh, Nate, let's talk about the week that was. This is what we always do. Um, and actually, in many ways, although we're going to discuss some some frustrating things, especially over uh, the last couple of days as we record this on Thursday evening, um, the Reds are in a lot better place than they were this time last week. Right now, the Reds are 59 and 51. They're in first place, a half game up in the National League Central. This time last week when we recorded, if you recall, they were in second place, a game and a half out of first. So, on the surface, that's great. And no, no, not just on the surface. That is great. The Reds are in first place. I, I really don't want to lose sight because we're going to shift into other conversations about uh, strategy, short-term, long-term, et cetera. Um, but I don't want to lose sight of the fact that the Cincinnati Reds are in first place. They uh, went to L.A. after the, the Milwaukee debacle, went to Los Angeles, won two out of three. Uh, and that game that game three, and I, I don't know if we want to talk too much about it, but Votto Homer, Votto's power is back, Votto still bangs, and your boy, your boy Graham Ashcraft tossed a beauty in that game. I mean, we don't need to go into too much detail other than to say, all you doubters, what would you do? Graham Ashcraft is the GOAT. <laughs> um, it's my purple there for sure, but he has been nails since coming back from the uh, – the IL. So great to see. Joey Votto still slugging. Great to see. Spirits could not have been higher after uh, taking two out of three against the Dodgers. Sure, we had some favorable pitching matchups, but you know what? So did the Dodgers. I mean, let's not pretend that the uh, Reds rotation, even with some of the guys pitching well, are the uh, 90s Braves. So uh, going to rotate two out of three against the hotter teams in the fall was just huge. Going into a big, big series, four game set against the Fuzzy Cubbies, and, you know, Baseball, baseballs. <laughs> Baseball. Well, they won the first game at Wrigley. Um, so the riding high at that time. And then, um, well, the trade deadline occurred. And so let's just go ahead and and dive deep into the trade deadline if we could. Um, I'm just trying to you decide know. where I'm <laughs> I'm just trying. That's it. To decide how to frame this, because that, that's yeah, that's pretty much a description of what happened at the trade deadline. The Cincinnati Reds acquired Sam Mole, Sam Mole, a relief pitcher, a 31-year-old reliever from the Oakland Athletics in exchange for a minor league uh, right-handed pitching prospect, Joe Boyle. Um, Joe oh, and, you know, <laughs> Joe Boyle rules. That's pretty good. I hadn't heard that one yet. That's great. Um, Billy Madison fans will appreciate that. Reds are also evidently going to be acquiring some international cap space in the deal, which is always important. Getting some, some cap space. Um, I got a little cap space over the last couple of years, uh, <laughs> Nate. Uh, a little more room in there, a little less hair. Um, so Sam Sam Mole, you know, he's uh, he's he's fine. He's not bad. I, you know, he's a lefty. The Reds needed another left-hander in the bullpen. Uh, they gave up, you know, essentially. I, I don't care. I mean, I hope Joe Boyle has a great career. God bless him. I hope he does. Hope he does fantastic. But we always talk the about a lot, the lotto tickets. They they gave up a lotto ticket to feel yeah. a need. I thought you know this is going to be the first domino that drops. Um, Alex Young is the only 
reliable lefty reliever, and he has reverse splits. They need a guy that can come in and get a big lefty bat out. We keep, we seems like we face him every series. I mean, after after three ga- day, three games against Freddie Freeman, you want that lefty yeah. splits. And this guy is that. You look at his overall stat line, it's nothing to shake a stick at. Against lefties, he's holding him to a 541 OPS and a 191 average. I mean, lefties have a 46 OPS plus against this guy. So you don't want him to go and get three, four, five, six outs, but that, you know, second or third out to bridge the inning, I love it. And I thought it was a, uh, a good sign of things to come for the red straight deadline or the, the dread line. It was, and we're going to spend way more time talking about this trade already. We have spent way more time talking about this trade than we should have because it's uh, <laughs> it's all there was. But you know, my my a friend of mine, uh, um, Eno Saris, he writes for the Athletic. Great analyst, one of my favorite writers over there at the Athletic. Um, uh, maybe my favorite. Uh, he's certainly up there. But uh, he sort of looked at this and said, "Well, this is a this is a win for the Ace." You know, this you know Joe Boyle uh, is uh, Joe Boyle rules. No, so this um, he. You know, he has a, a real upside here, and you give away a guy that's, you know, a 31-year-old re- reliever. But the way he described it was, slightly above average reliever. And my response to that was, well, yeah, you may be right there, but the Reds have a need for a left-handed reliever, and getting a somewhat above average left-handed reliever in the bullpen, that's that's a need. It's a need field. So kudos to Nick Crawl at that particular moment in the trade deadline shenanigans. Well, I think what you know said was a uh, slightly above league average major league reliever. Ah, and those are bingo. two pretty important words because Joe Boyle has a much higher ceiling than Sam Mole does, and there's no argument against that. But Joe Boyle has serious, serious gaping holes in his game and may never see the major leagues. There is a legitimate chance he never touches big league baseball, and that's the gamble that Nick Carl took, and that's. That's kind of all I wanted out of, out of a move like this. So good job, Nick. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah, you know, that's why I'm always uh, okay with trading pretty much any prospect. Um, so anyway, that was the trade, and uh, then there was nothing else. The Reds made no other deals at the uh, trade deadline, and essentially Nick Crawl pulled a Norman Dale from the movie Hoosiers. My team is on the court. My team is on the field. We're we're not we're we're playing with who we got. We're dancing with who brung us here, and um, so there was some sort of consternation about that. That I want to get into. I really want to unpack that quote unquote consternation in a moment, Nate. But I want to stick a pin in that first. Um, and, and just briefly, let's talk about what were your quick reactions to the Reds doing nothing. Were you surprised? Were you not surprised? Were you uh, upset? Just what, what were your personal thoughts as the trade deadline came and went? Can I be all of those things at the same time? Yes, absolutely. I uh, I wasn't surprised per se. Man, I was really hopeful that they were going to get something done. Going out there and, and, and addressing that one need really quickly made me think, okay, that frees Nick Crawl up to do all of the wheeling and dealing. We know they have the stuff to do it. We know that people were out there. And I watched some of these other moves that were being made, and there wasn't a single move made for a pitcher where I was like, it's too steep. Not one, yeah. in my opinion. I'm aware that there are other opinions, and that's okay. But in my opinion, there was nothing where I'm like, the Reds could have put something together and matched that, and the Reds would be better off today. The 2023 Reds would be better off. So I wasn't surprised. I was definitely disappointed. I was feverishly uh, you know, updating my – X app, which is Twitter for uh for you, you old folks out there. <laughs> and just nothing happened. It came and went. We got to that little like trickle down point for the 10, 15 minutes after the deadline when when moves could still be announced. And I was just waiting, waiting. I was ready to do an emergency podcast. I was excited about it. And nothing happened. So when the dust settled for me, it was like you said, when you said Norman Dell, I thought you were talking about Nick Carl got caught watching paint dry. <laughs> there you go. He did. He did. Yeah. Um, I have loved this team all season. They've been a joy to watch all season. They uh, they're just as flawed as they have been all season long, and we're just going to have to ride with that. I'm not going to have any less fun because of it, but I really wish they could have done something to 
give them a better chance to win the World Series in 2023. Yeah, yeah. What I'm hearing is something that we're going to get into. I know you have some things you want to say about it, but um, which is that's a that's a nuanced perspective. You know, I was disappointed that they did nothing. I was not one bit surprised, not a bit surprised that they did nothing. But disappointed because I wanted to see this team that has worked so hard with these giant gaping flaws have a better shot at winning the the, uh, the division, at, you know, making it to the World Series. I wanted to see the Reds give Joey Votto a shot. That's that's the part that really bothered me more than anything, is that this may be Joey's last go round, and they they let him down. I mean, they they've continually refused to put a team around him. Now we have part of a team around him and a fun team, still a fun team, but um, the flaws are only, uh, be, they've only been magnified since the trade deadline. And so I was just, I was disappointed. Um, and again, I want to unpack this more in a little bit and the, and the arguments surrounding that, because some of the questions that we're going to get are, are uh, related to that, but I want to get that quick reaction. Let's talk just very briefly before we really do a deep dive into the trade deadline, Nate, about some of the other uh, transactions, maybe some quick hitters here uh, for the week. Number one, um, the Reds extended uh, manager David Bell through 2026. What do you think about that? David <laughs> Bell coming back. We did it. <laughs> I was feeling pretty good about it up until uh, back-to-back starts for Kevin Newman. So David right. Bell just keeps, uh, keeps toying with me. Uh, no doubt, no doubt. I, I, you know, I have no issue with the Reds. My big consistent. He's just meh. He's average. Whatever. Sorry. He's uh, and yeah, the guy, he's not the guy they would have replaced him with. Probably would have been meh. That's it. That's it. And, and and there's a chance the guy they replaced him with would have been even worse. So you know, I guess I'm okay with it. Um, sure. Other other uh, sort of news and notes. Well, I guess first before we get into the rest of those, I do want to. Well, no, I'm gonna I'm gonna hold that. See, boy, we're so prepared here, but. I do want to talk about it, but instead I'm going to wait. Reds placed Jonathan Indy on the injured list and recalled Stuart Fairchild. So Jonathan India, right before the uh, right before the trade deadline, was placed on the injured list um, with uh, plantar fasciitis, which frankly is not fun. Um, and so uh, Stuart Fairchild is back. Uh, you know, probably hampered his uh, his marketability somewhat. On the, I wouldn't think a whole lot on the on the trade market mm-hmm. because he still has three years of, of control. It's not like it's a, he's a who had been a rental, but uh, you know I don't know that he was ever seriously close to being traded. Anyway, um, the Reds sent uh, a couple guys on rehab assignments. Hunter Green, it's as good as a trade. That's what I've been told. It's as good as a trade sending Hunter Green out on a rehab assignment. <laughs> but no, uh, ha- happy that Hunter Green, the Reds, uh, I don't know, maybe their ace pitcher. Uh, head, heading out to Arizona, he's going to pitch in the. Uh, he is pitching the Arizona Complex League out there. So, um, and uh, well, he's not really heading there, as Doug Gray noted at, at Red Lake Nation. He's been there for a while doing his rehab, but um, so he's out there. He uh, also moved to the sixty-day injured list to make room for Sam Mole. So, but that you know, uh, it still means still means that Green could be back on August twentieth, which I'm looking at my. Uh, <laughs> my handy dandy Apple watch here. And that's still 17 days away. Uh, there are a lot of Reds games in those days. That's probably three starts that a good starter can make, but um, I'm getting ahead of myself. Um, and the other thing was uh, TJ Antone is moving from the Arizona complex league relief pitcher, TJ Antone to uh, Louisville. So fingers crossed on him. Cause you know, that's as good as a trade getting TJ Antone back. If he's uh if he's good. So any thoughts, uh, any more thoughts about David Bell? I don't know if there's anything else, else to say about that or uh, Hunter Green and TJ Antone. Not a ton. Uh, TJ Antone's rehab appearances have apparently been up and down, had a good one, had a real bad one, and then had another good one in Louisville now. So um, hopefully we'll see TJ soon. We've been saying it all year long. Whatever you get out of him is a bonus. I'll just be happy with it if we get anything. Hunter Green, come back soon. Come back sooner. Can we, can we can you can you bump that August twentieth projection up a little bit because you're needed, bro? Um, the Jonathan <laughs> India thing. I guess the only one that really annoyed me was uh, that they brought up Stuart Fairchild. Yeah, you know, I got no problem with Stuart Fairchild, but they've got another young prospect. If, if you want to get the uh, the fans on your side, Nick Crawl, call up Noel B. Marte. Let him make a couple starts. 
yeah. while Jonathan India is, is out of the lineup because that guy is, you know, if, if there is an untouchable person in the uh, prospect rankings, he's the closest thing to it. So not too much more to add there. Just, uh, I don't know, a lot, a, lot, a lot of injuries, a lot of hope that we keep being told is <laughs> fine. Uh, hope is not a strategy, I keep saying. Um, so anyway, after the trade deadline, the Reds do nothing. Uh, a certain segment of Reds fandom was really happy that the Reds did nothing because to do any literally anything at all would have meant mortgaging the future. A certain segment of uh, Reds fandom were really, really angry because obviously the Reds should have uh, mortgaged the future to get a 2023 championship. Now I am uh, being very reductive and uh, this, you know, sort of, Put, talking about the two extremes here, but that's what you got on social media. Those two extremes, very largely, and they were loudly yelling at each other. Um, and most people are in the middle, I think. And we're going to talk about that's where I think that's where both of both of us are. But it was interesting that as the rest did nothing, everyone on earth. And if you look at all the the trade deadline grades at all the different places, the athletic and the Reds got a, a D or something like that in every single one of them because everyone on earth knew the Reds needed pitching. And there was what seemed to you and I to be some uh, reasonable deals to be made for pitching based on what was what else happened out there. Now, we don't know that the Reds could have gotten it for a similar package. We don't know. You know, there are lots of lots of moving parts. And mm-hmm. I'm not saying crawl passed up. A, a trade that he absolutely should have made because I just don't know that. So I want to I want to be clear about that. Looked like there were some opportunities that that I thought he should have been more aggressive, but I don't I don't know the specifics. So let's let's start there. But immediately the first uh, game trade deadline night, the Reds give up twenty runs, twenty runs, and but they improved uh, in the second game after the trade deadline. They only gave up uh, what sixteen runs <laughs> in that game. So uh, everybody that says, I told you they should have gotten pitching was like, see? And then everybody was that was like, you can't mortgage the future by trading one prospect. And even if they had, it wouldn't have helped these two games because we wouldn't have gotten those pitchers. I'm, I'm imitating someone. I'm not sure who, but that's my, <laughs> that's my, that's my goofball wing of Twitter. Uh, if you think there. it's you, it is. <laughs> that's right. That's aimed right at you. Uh, no, it's not aimed at anyone specifically because I try not to do that. I, I, I yell about the team. I criticize the team all the time. I'm not into screaming at other Reds fans. And there was a lot of that going on. Um, so uh, anyway, I, it was, it was though, very, very interesting that the Reds put up a lot of runs in the first two games after uh, after the uh, trade deadline and then got shellacked in uh, in two games. And really the second game, they should have won. They just blew, blew a big... Uh, two three-run leads. Uh, Joey Votto did have two home runs, though, in that se- game uh, yeah. yesterday. Uh, some people have said Joe, but yeah, I keep pushing off the trade deadline stuff, <laughs> but some people have said that Joey Votto was washed up. Have you heard people say this in national media? I've seen it. I don't know who would say something like that, though. Someone did. Um, did Joey have something to say about that at some point? I think he did. Um, Let's take it to the tapes. A couple yeah. of months ago, you said that Zach Greinke and I are a hall of very good ball players. I think Zach and I would agree. You may be right. But I get the gist of what's going on here. I know what you're doing. You're looking down on us. A couple small market Midwest ball players. Just because we're not big city, just like you. Mr. New York City, Sirius XM radio star. Mr. National Television, ESPN star. With your Fifth Avenue ties and your crisp pocket squares. Your tailored suits and your polished shoes. And your hair. Your perfectly coiffed Broadway hair. Must be nice to sit atop that Madison Avenue ivory tower. Looking down on us with those luscious locks. Not everyone can be the next Roger Peckinpah, Mad Dog. You should be ashamed of yourself. You're a disgrace. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Oh, are you kidding me? The Reds are in first place, and yet that is my favorite thing that's happened in the last 10 years. Mad Dog (laughs) criticized Votto, and he decides to do a heel turn. Your crisp pocket squares. Oh, how amazing was that? It is too good. We don't deserve this guy. Um, there's, there's, there's your the only argument I need for why the Reds should have done something at the deadline was throw some support around this guy, give him all of the joy and all the love and support that he deserves. 
<laughs> yeah, so that's what's so sad about. I know he pulled out Roger Peckinpah. Um, yeah, yeah, the, the Reds don't deserve him, and the fact that they didn't uh, do more to try to help him get across the finish line, and maybe they still will. I'm not saying they won't. They've gotten this far. Um, it's a shame uh, to me. So anyway, all right, back to the trade deadline, and we have a bunch of viewer mail questions um, that center around this, and so. I'll ask you, Nate, what you're, uh, what you think here. Should we? You want to, you want to make a, a, a comments, some comments about the trade deadline before we get into the viewer mail, or, or you want to do it as part of our viewer mail? I'm gonna do it as part. I've got, I got some thoughts, but they relate to uh, one of our early viewer mail questions. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna just rile it up over here. Let's, let's do. Okay, let's do that then. Um. Oh, by the way, I forgot to mention that twenty. Uh, you know, the Reds didn't need any. I keep, I need to start looking at my notes before we discuss this. This is horrible. Everyone should unsubscribe. If you're on YouTube right now, smash the... No, don't do that. Um, in that shellacking the, on trade deadline day that when the Reds gave up 20 runs, David Bell left Ben Lively out there to be abused. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up. We should touch on that for sure. Yeah, yeah. And Ben Lively, the Reds need pitching. And so everyone's like, well, Ben Lively's been pretty good. And Ben Lively has been pretty good. This year, I don't have any issues with Ben Lively. Um, well, he's on the 15-day injured list now after uh, after uh, David Bell left him out there to, to rot on the mound. And uh, I know one of our friends had some some salty thoughts about that, uh, what, what David Bell did there to Ben Lively. But what are your thoughts about now the Reds needed pitching, they got no pitching, and now Ben Lively's on the injured list. And so they have less pitching, which pretty much assures us that Luke Weaver is going to be on the team maybe the rest of the season. <laughs> Deeply unserious. Um, I get our our buddy's stance. He's a former player, so he looks at it from just the bank account, right? This guy has come out of nowhere, positioned himself to get a legitimate payday in the future, at least in arbitration, a much better conversation to be had there. And his ERA goes from something that starts with a three to something that starts with a five in one day. Um, from the team standpoint, he burned through the bullpen the day before. The bullpen's already taxed. So hang in there, man. Get us some outs, and we get to preserve this bullpen. I get that argument. I also think that David Bell probably has a tough decision to be made there. Do you go get your guy and have his back, but leave the bullpen those other players to dry? It's a, it's a lose-lose situation, it seems like to me. But it wouldn't be a thing at all if the roster was constructed appropriately. So if you want to get mad at somebody for this, send it up top. No, I've been reliably informed that Nick crawl is perfect in every way. Um, yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a shame. It's really a shame for, uh, I, I, I do think that the fact that Ben Lively has been basically out of the big leagues for three years, he really has had a, a really good season, a season that was going to, result in him being able to continue playing in the big leagues after this year. And mm -hmm. yeah, he spent a few years not knowing if he would ever make it back. And that's a great story. And I'm happy for him. I hope he gets back uh, very soon and pitches well again, gets, you know, gets his numbers back down and, and, you know, his agent can argue that as eh, one start, look at the rest of the rest of what I did. So, um, all right, let's go to our viewer mail question. Before we get into these viewer mail questions, we do have a new member of the beer league softball mm -hmm. team, Nate. This is what I have really enjoyed. We're getting new members. Uh, it's basically really every week, uh, people joining us in the, uh, in the Slack channel and, uh, some crazy discussions, some wild discussions on trade deadline day in there. That was, was a lot of fun. Um, but our, our new member of the, of the family, Jordan Biddle, Jordan Biddle, Jordan is, um, what position does Jordan play on our beer league softball team? I think he's a, uh, I think he's a, uh, Light hitting, very athletic, but light hitting left fielder. He plays left okay. and right, I think. Um, but he's really not a beer league softball player. He's trying it out for a couple of years. But soon he's going to go back to the church league basketball league where Jordan is going to dominate again. He's going to pull number 45 <laughs> on. He's just, uh, he's taking a break from, from, he had some gambling issues in the church league. They didn't like that. And so he decided to come over to the beer league uh, team for a little while. So Jordan, welcome to the Riverfront beer it. league softball team. Love it. Are, welcome Jordan. And I would, I would be a hundred percent, but I would be remiss if I didn't also mention, if you want to go watch Jordan in the beer league softball league or the church league, once his suspension is lifted, 
Get your tickets from our friends over at SeatGeek. Um, today's sponsor for this episode is SeatGeek. They are offering friends and family of the Riverfront $20 off their first purchase or any tickets at baseball games, basketball games, concerts, wherever you can get tickets. Get them through SeatGeek. They have a super easy-to-use app. Code is Riverfront, one word. Like I said, $20 off your first order. SeatGeek, we love you. We do, absolutely. Now, first question. These questions, as always, come from our friends at patreon.com slash riverfrontcency. That's patreon.com slash riverfrontcency, where you two can, can join the join the family. First question from Jonathan Andrews. Jonathan asks, this team still fills me with joy, and the next two months may very well turn into a Wizard of Oz moment. We've overplayed this season, and the overwork and rookie is being shown. I think that Crawl is wise honors the overachievement of this year and realizes one star starter is not going to alter the season considerably. I'm a huge hockey fan, Jonathan says, and MLB need first of all, uh, Jonathan, what's your team? It better be the New York Islanders. MLB needs a salary cap or the Houston's will continue to be what they are. Riff on this thought, am I totally off base? Now, Nate, I'm glad we had this question first and for a number of reasons. Since that gives us a jumping off point to talk about some things, but uh, I do think you're off base, Jonathan, but I don't think you're totally off base. Okay. And I like that this question is frankly, um, or the, the premise of this question from Jonathan is not the prevailing view. I would say amongst the vocal uh, family members in the Slack channel, which is great. I don't know if it's the, it may be the majority view among, amongst all the listeners and viewers. But let it be known that hey, we can discuss things. We can discuss them civilly. And um, and I disagree with you, Jonathan. I do disagree with you in, in some ways that, that, I'll, that I'll get into. But um, the, the, the fact of the matter is there's no, there's no one correct answer here. I do think the Reds have overplayed this season. I do think the rookie is being shown, as you put it. Um, uh, I do not think that... Nick Crawl um, realizes one star starter is not going to alter the season considerably. I think one star starter absolutely alters this season considerably. I think it really, a star starter, I mean, that's more than even I hoped for. I just wanted a dependable veteran, you know, number three starter maybe. I, if we could have gotten someone better than that, that would have been amazing. And I think it would have really helped this team because the lack of depth in starting pitching because we keep running Luke Weaver out there every single or every five days. So um, that's the crux of the argument. Now, I don't agree about the salary cap. I think we just owners need to spend. Uh, Bob Castellini and, and the ownership group can spend on this team if they want. You know what? They've spent way more on salary many years in the past than they have this year. I don't think it's a money issue uh, right now uh, for reasons that we've, we've talked about a lot. So, so Jonathan, I, you know, I, I do disagree with you. Um, but you know, history may show that Carl was correct here. Um, I'm just my my whole the way I come into this whole argument is the Reds are in first place on August third, and that makes me very very happy. Can you guarantee me that they're going to be in first place on August third next year? Can you guarantee me that they're going to be in first place on August third two years from now and have the same opportunity? Because let me tell you, the Cubs and Brewers tried to get better at the at the uh, trade deadline. And are you you really trying to tell me that the Cardinals are not going to be trying to get better in the offseason and that the Cubs and the Brewers aren't going to be trying to get better? So that's why that's my whole issue is I don't I want them to mortgage the future. I don't want them to trade every prospect. It would have taken a lot for me to give up Noel V. Marte or uh, Connor Phillips. Would have a lot. Uh, I would have traded them in the right trade, mm -hmm. but it would, you know, it wouldn't have been, it wouldn't have been easy. Um but my thing is the Reds have been so crash for years they have a real chance this year and i think it just um i know you want to a lot of people want to say well we're building for 24 and 25 and i think that's good we've got a great base to build from and there's a real opportunity for uh, nick crawl to fill in the blanks you know in the coming years and uh get in the same position we're in right now because i'm not 100 confident they're ever going to be back in this position I, they should be they have the pieces to be but if history has shown us anything Things go awry for the Cincinnati Reds. So there's my little rant, Nate. I don't know if you have something you want to want to riff on there. At the risk of agreeing with you, which is always a, a dangerous proposition, 
Um, his question was, am I totally off base? Not totally. Uh, but, yeah, like Chad, I, I do disagree. This team wouldn't or won't be the favorites in the playoffs no matter what lineup they run out there, no matter what you know, deadline acquisition they could have acquired. But who cares? You know, you just have to make it to the dance. And the two teams that they are most directly competing with got better. The Reds didn't. So their, 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 their likelihood of making it to that dance probably went down. But, you know, I hope I'm wrong. I hope that those prospects provide the depth that brings both Marines, Marines to Cincinnati. But it was stuff to sit back and watch. Every, every yeah. other, every contender in Major League Baseball try to get better, except for one. Well, they got the same, but like, it was. They got, they got marginally better, but. If, if my opinion a, is wrong in that regard, then so is that of every GM of a contending team in Major League Baseball. And every analyst of uh, the trade deadline, uh, you know. Um, yeah. So, so, but I mean, listen, don't hesitate to send us questions in which you disagree with us because I'm wrong. Sometimes, and I'll talk a little bit more about how I might be wrong about my opinion here uh, in in a moment. Um, and I wrote about it about it a little bit this week. Next, it's not really a question, just a comment. Comes from our buddy Woo the Reds. That's Woo five O's in that Woo the Reds, and and this crystallizes why I think it's sort of uh, fool's gold to just assume we're going to be back in this position next year and the year after. The franchise hasn't advanced in the playoffs since 1995. They've been to the playoffs only four times, if you even want to count 2020, since they last advanced in the playoffs. They've been in first place. Here's a go. That's where I saw this come from Wu's question. They're, they've been in first place on August 1st exactly twice. Whoa, it's even worse than I've re remembered. The Reds have been in first place on August 1st exactly twice in the past 27 years. 2012, when they were really good, and 2023. That is outrageous. Uh, I don't really have a question. I'm just tired. I struggle to accept the concept that it's smart to assume future success. Please tell me why I'm a bad fan. Oh, woo, I imagine, and I've not been monitoring it, but I imagine you've had plenty of people telling you you're a bad fan because that seemed to be what happened. Anyone who thought the Reds should go for it this year, um, were frankly, and, and anyone that mildly criticized the Reds on social media were attacked by a certain uh, segment of the Reds fan base. Now, it's quite possible, I want to make this point, that there are people who think the Reds should do nothing that were being attacked by those that thought the Reds should go for it. Okay, I didn't see them in my feed because I have curated my feed to people that, you know, I think uh, have some sense. But uh, uh, so I, I'm not saying it, it was just completely one-sided. But any, it blew my mind that anyone who gave had any mild criticism for the fact that the Reds are in first place and they should actually try to try to maximize their chances of winning were branded uh, idiots for uh, wanting to quote unquote mortgage the future. What do you think, Nate? Is it okay if I rant for a second? Do you mind? Please do. Please do. Chad, I I just simply don't understand it. I mean, if you place a really high value on prospects and you think holding on to them is the, you know, the best path to success, okay, you know, I don't agree, but I can certainly wrap my head around that concept. But what transpired on Twitter around the trade deadline was the most maddening thing I've ever experienced as a Reds fan, and that's saying a lot. We almost exclusively experience maddening things as Reds fans. It's like we talked about offline. It was the least fun I have had all season long. This this nonsense two-party system divide between the trade no one crowd and the I think we should, in fact, trade guys to improve the 2023 squad crowd with no room for nuance or reasonable conversation at all. It was quite frankly infuriating. These last couple months have been so much fun. Our young Reds have played out of their minds. Our old favorites are still banging. The team has been exciting and energetic, just flat-out blast to watch day in and day out. But over the course of two or three days, the sector of Reds Twitter absolutely sucked all of the joy out of Reds fandom, at least for me. There was this BS, condescending, LOL, you disagree with me, so I'm smarter than you nonsense that you only ever see in bad faith political debates. Chad, I just don't get it. You know, If you can't at least comprehend why someone would want their team, the same team that, like Wu said, 
has only been in first place on August 1st twice in the last 27 years. The same team that's only made the playoffs six times in my entire lifetime. To go out there and trade from a position of strength, use some prospect capital to try to improve the club, take advantage of an earlier-than-expected window, and hopefully get Joey and the gang a chance at real playoff experience and a World Series push? What are we doing here? You need to take a good, hard, long look at yourself in the mirror. And like I said, I'm not saying you have to agree with this strategy or even want to tolerate it as a legitimate theoretical path to success. But if you can't understand it, why I would think that way, then honestly, you're you're just trying to win fake internet points with your fake internet friends. And like you said in your article a week or two ago, be a Reds fan however you want, but just don't be a b-hole to somebody else because they disagree with you. There's enough conflict, conflict and divide in this world anyway. We don't need your holier-than-thou Twitter stances. Be better. <laughs> wow. Nate on the soapbox. I love it. Um, I was heated these last couple of days. I didn't get it, man. Like People that I really enjoy interacting with on this app have just been, like I said, sucking the joy out of being a Reds fan at a time when they are in first place on August 3rd. Stop. <laughs> yeah, this should be – yeah, this should be the most joyful time we've had in so so long, and it still is in a lot of ways, right? We're you know we're we're gonna watch the Reds tonight. We're gonna watch them tomorrow night. We're at, you know they're still in first place. Um, yeah, it one part of that that I really truly can't comprehend about this this group of people that want to score fake internet points. And again, I, I'm fully prepared to believe they're on both sides of this crazy divide. I, I'm sure. not trying to say it's just it's just one side trying to score those. I like that fake internet points. Um, but I can't understand how someone can say, well, we're, we're, you know, I'm going back into my my mouth breathing uh, Twitter, tweeter, Xer, whatever it's called. Um, well, we're ahead of schedule. Uh, you know, we didn't plan to win this year. Um, the real window is 2024, 2025. So we just need to keep with, stick with that. I just don't understand why you can't comprehend that maybe the window actually is opening a little earlier. And so let's start the winning now. I don't understand this desire to hoard prospects. And again, not that I want to trade all the prospects and just keep pushing that window further and further in the future. Uh, you know, for me, and I stayed away from a lot of that nonsense. I actually, uh, I wrote about it in my, uh, my Substack newsletter this this week because I, I this last night I was thinking about, and the title was why, why I love being a Reds fan. And I, and I do, I absolutely adore being a Reds fan. I have so much fun. I love talking about the Reds every week here. I love writing about the Reds. Um, but I, I just, I deleted my Twitter app that night. I just, it's not worth listening to the, all the bad faith arguments and no one, you know, discussing anything with any type of nuance. And that's not just baseball. I'm like, it's just not, Twitter. it's not healthy for me. It's not fun. And so uh, this season's baseball, number one, is supposed to be fun. And this season should be really fun. So, um, but I did see, you know, before I got out there, a lot of my friends getting frustrated. Um, and I get it. My opinion about what the Reds did on Tuesday. Here it is, okay? Um, I think this is a pretty balanced opinion. The Reds stood still at the trade deadline. My opinion is that very, might very well be the right decision for the Reds long-term, okay? I suspect it's probably not the right decision for the Reds long-term, for reasons I've already said, but it's arguable, right? You can absolutely make that argument, and I'm happy to try to debate that in good faith. Um, I do know for a fact it was absolutely the wrong decision for the 2023 team's chances, right? And so to me, that's the biggest shame because I want this team's fun. I want to see them win. And I know because I've been watching the Reds for longer than many of you have, I know that next year's not guaranteed and the year after. Now, have we had a group of prospects like this? Well, you know, uh, rarely, I guess, if ever. But still, it's not guaranteed. There are other – see, what, what you, you need to understand is there are four other teams in this division. There are um, – you know what, uh, 29 other teams in Major League Baseball. Now, all of those teams pay their players too. They have professional baseball players. They're going to be trying to win games too. So, you can, but again, you can argue it if you want to argue it. That's fine. Um, so, I mean, I didn't delete my Twitter account. I did I did delete the app. Um, but, but the point that I wanted to make when I started talking about it uh, or started writing about it was this. Because I... Sort of reminded myself of something that it's easy to forget if you get involved in these stupid internet arguments. And that's this the loudest voices on either side don't represent the Reds fan base. You know, um, they're the loudest ones. And, and it's easy to mistake the loudest ones 
for you know the entire crowd. But I'm just telling you for a fact, Twitter's not real life. Uh, there are countless others that don't care about these dumb arguments. They just want the Reds to win. And, you know, they'll probably talk with you. Boy, I wish they'd have gone out and got something. Um, but, you know, they got some kids, so maybe they'll be good in the future. You know, that's those are fun baseball arguments we've had forever. Um, my thing is just I hate what it's become because I've met a bunch of great Reds fans uh, through interacting online, you know, from originally when uh, started Red Leg Nation and then the various outlets and social media. And uh, the vast majority are, are not insane like we're seeing. It's just the loud voices that want to, you know, um, want to fight. That, I just, I don't have it in me. Uh, I, I, I love being a Reds fan. Uh, I love the community. It, it's why I intend to lean really hard over the, in the coming weeks into my Substack newsletter community and into our Riverfront uh, Slack channel community because it's people who just love the Reds. And what we fight, but we don't really fight. We d- debate, discuss. We argue. Uh, we argue some, but th- that's fine as long as it's yeah. respectful. And, uh, you know, I mean, uh, Jonathan's first question today, love Jonathan. I don't agree with him. I, frankly, I think he's wrong. Um, but he might not be. And I'm uh, I'm an adult enough to consider that I don't know everything and that he's very well could be right. And we'll see in the coming years who's right. So that's my little rant that I didn't really intend to get on, but uh, but I did. So I, go ahead. I do I do want to go back and just touch on what you're talking about. The uh, the the window isn't open, or is it supposed to open until the next year crowd? Um what what's wrong with the window opening a year early? Like it still closes at the same time. I, right. I don't understand. I mean, if, if 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 you look at the weather channel and it says it's gonna be 75 degrees tomorrow, but it's only 60 today, then you you wake up and it's 75 degrees today, you open your window, you enjoy it, you take advantage of this gift that you've been given, this uh, this unexpected turn of events. Yeah. You don't you don't lose anything. The window doesn't get more narrow, it doesn't get shorter because you try today. If anything, that future window might not contain Joey Votto. That's about all the argument you you should need for taking advantage of a window that's open right now. So I don't, I just don't understand it. No, I genuinely can't comprehend. That's that's one thing that you know. Even uh, some of the bad faith arguments, I can sort of see where they're coming from, but they're just going to the extreme. That's one I don't understand. I can't comprehend why. Well, I can't. But anyway, let's go to our next next question. This comes from Rex Scott. Rex says. Um, and this, he says, to answer your questions, and what he what he means by that is in our, uh, uh, at, over at patreon.com, uh, I made the call for, for viewer mail questions, and uh, my questions to the crowd were uh, these, if my internet would pull it up here, because I, again, didn't prepare. Good, Chad, why are you even doing this? You just, um, you just more or less ask what's, you know, the trade deadline happens, what, what are our patrons expecting, and what are they hoping for? Yeah, over the next two months. What are they expecting? What are they hoping for? And so Rex tried to uh, take a stab at that. Thanks for rescuing me, Nate. Um, I'm expecting the Reds will stay in contention for a playoff spot and will snag one. I'm also expecting Phillips to be called up to shore up the rotation and that Vado will be the leader of the team in both word and deed. Love it, Rex. One last thing I'm expecting is that Green will initially struggle when he returns, but will find his form shortly after. As for what I'm hoping... It's simply to be excited about late season baseball, which is not a feeling any of us have had for too long. How do you guys answer your two questions? So that's good. What do you expect and what are we hoping for? Um, I expect that. I don't know what to expect because this team has uh, sort of defied my expectations all year long. I'm hoping they stay in it to, in the race till the very end. Uh, I fear they may not because we've been saying there's these problems with the team and they're starting to starting to crop up a little bit, but they've rebounded from things like this all season long and come back and, you know, tear off a five game winning streak. So I'm just hoping I would love for them to, uh, to, to make the playoffs, but I'm just hoping for meaningful baseball in September because we've never had it. Um, I'm not going to forget that the Reds refused to maximize their chances of winning. I'm afraid I'm not going to be, I'm going to try because I, I like watching this team. I love watching Matt McClain. I love watching Ellie De La Cruz. I love watching Will Benson. I love, you know, uh, Andrew Abbott, all these guys. Uh, I, but lingering in the back, I'm going to be a little bit irritated all year long. Every time a Luke Weaver start comes um, or whoever is starting because they haven't called up uh, Phillips yet. 
It's going to linger for me. So I'm expecting to be a little frustrated the rest of the year, but I'm hoping that we're still going to have a lot of fun because we still have a fun team. Nate? Yeah. I'm expecting that uh, a lot of the same fun we've been having, we're going to keep having. You know, we're going to have the same gripes. I expect that. Um, yeah, the team is a blast, but flawed. I expect that they're going to play meaningful baseball into the final weeks of the season, maybe even the final days, and that is a win in and of itself. I'm hoping that all those injured dudes that we are promised come back strong and stay healthy. Um, I'm hoping that the uh, you know they snag a playoff spot and we get to watch Votto get hot in October. Mostly, I just hope people Please. learn to be people learn to be nice to each other. Sheesh. <laughs> I know, right? Um, how, speaking of being nice to each other, Kyle Kapler asks this question in all caps. Are you excited to be competitive in 2027 or whatever? Go future Reds. Go Tortugas. <laughs> Go, that's right. We're cheering for the Tortugas now. Oh, I'm so excited about being good in the future because when the Reds promise us they're going to be good in the future, it's always worked out. Always. <laughs> So I trust that it will this time too. Seth Shaner, Seth Shaner, you want shorter questions? Who are you to ask for shorter questions? Uh, I'm sorry, Seth says. I was going uh, Joey Votto WWE heel there. At least he didn't mention my crisp pocket squares. Uh, <laughs> but how great was that? We've already discussed that was amazing. In the same vein, if Matt McClain was a Yankee, how hyped would he be right now? Um, I think if Matt McClain were just about anywhere else, he'd be more hyped in some ways because he's been overshadowed a little bit by the fact that the Reds have so many good yeah. rookies. Um, I think if he were the, you know, if he were uh, uh, in Arizona, for example, you know, um, he'd be uh, he'd be hyped. If he were in Florida, well, maybe not Florida, but yeah, if he were in New York, there's no question we'd be hearing about a lot about him. But uh, I think he I think he just suffers more from. I think he'd be hyped pretty well if he were a Red and he was the only one because uh, he'd be the only thing we'd have to to root for. Anything other, Nate? I mean, Ellie's Ellie's been getting tons of hype, so I think you know it comes with the pedigree. Matt McClain has never been seen as this. Nobody expected him to have the year he's having right now in his prime, much less his rookie year. So I think that has something to do with the, uh, the national narrative. But it's got to be true that if he was, you know, maybe calling him Baby Jeter in New York, and that would be a big deal. Yeah, yeah. Um, Joe Atkins's question is one that I started to comment on a moment ago, but I knew we had this question coming. And so I thought, I thought it might be good. Uh, but I'll let you tackle this one first, Nate. The question is this from Joe. Obviously, we don't know about what the White Sox were asking for, Dylan Cease. Though based on what other pitchers were fetching at the deadline, I think I'd have been willing to pay it. My question, though, is where was your line? What was the steepest price you think it would have been worth it to acquire Cease from the Sox? Do you have, do you have a line, Nate? Uh, do you have a price, the steepest price? What are your thoughts? So Dylan Cease is a number three type starter or better. You know, the ceiling is certainly higher than that with two years of control after this one, if I'm not mistaken. So the steepest, I mean, Noel V. Marte straight up. Would they have done that? Because I would have. I would, I would have stunk and I would have had to think really long and hard about it. But Dylan Cease is a dude. He's a real guy. I think it was second Cy Young last year. Um, Jonathan India, the number two and three prospects. Edwin Arroyo, love you, bro. Hope you're an awesome red. But in the meantime, you're a long way away from the big league, so you can go. Any combination of multiple prospects below the top three, I don't care, three, three, ten, take them all. You know, I love the, the Phillips and Petties of the world, but like, you you hope one of those guys becomes a Dylan Cease. Like, that's, what you, that's what you want out of them. So, yeah, that's Noel, Noel B. Marte straight up is probably my steepest. Yeah, yeah, I, 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 I'm sort of the same. And here, here's my, here's my thing about this, which is that for those that don't want to trade any prospects ever, um, I, I wonder what the response would have been if they'd have traded something for a Dylan Cease, because a deal. If you think the window's still coming, well, Dylan Cease is going to be there for that window. Yeah. So I would trade literally anyone that's below the AAA level. Um, I would certainly trade uh, Noelle Marte. Be tough to do, but I might even package him with someone else because, again, all these minor league guys, we've been spoiled by the fact that so many have come up this year and been amazing. That doesn't happen. Go look at any team's top 10 prospect list for the last 30 years, okay? There's a bunch of guys you never heard of on every single team. So um, so Noelle Marte might go somewhere and be great, but you know what? If we have Dylan Cease 
anchoring the rotation with those other the other young bucks, and then for the next two years after this one, what are we even doing here? You know, I always say it. I'm going to say it again. Prospects are valuable to me only uh, to the extent that they provide value to the big league roster. And Dylan Cease, we know, is a big league pitcher. We don't know that Marte's a big league player. Hope he is. Probably is. He's pretty good. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, I absolutely think he is. I wouldn't trade him for nothing. I wouldn't trade him for, you know, a, a Justin Verlander. You know, rental. Oh, I would have considered Justin Verlander because you got him for another year too, but um, probably not. Probably couldn't have gone that far. But um, I just, uh, what are we even doing? It, and again, Dylan Cease may never have been, even been a possibility. They may have been asking for the Reds' top four prospects for it, right? We, we, I, I can't sit here and say Nick Crawl was an idiot. For not, although some people will say that because that's the way it is. He's either an idiot or he's a genius, evidently. I can't say that he did the the wrong thing there. I can't say that he was presented with something, but boy, if he was presented and I would have gone, I would have, I would probably gone a little further than you. I I would have given up something serious to get that guy just because of the, such a serious need we have and to have him with the young kids around him. He's still young Mm -hmm. as well, but um, I think he'd be perfect for the, the the team. When the window opens in a couple of years, he'll still be here. Yeah. He plugs in, he takes the Luke Weaver starts and becomes a top three guy in your rotation. You have a three-headed rotation monster of Dylan C's Hunter Green and Andrew Abbott. And then maybe Nicodolo comes back. Or not, he's from the bullpen for the rest of the year because he's not worked up. Graham Ashcraft from the bullpen for the playoff stretch. Jeez. Right. What what could have been? (laughs) Oh, I'm about to go Joey Votto heel. Um, (laughs) Next question comes from Joey Gaditza. Nate, you want to take this one? Because I'm just not quite sure I want to even touch this one. (laughs) That's all your goat. Joey Kadisa. Joey Kadisa, our friend from Canada. Joey asks, will Trump get any jail time? <laughs> Which made me laugh out loud when I read it. Would he have gotten us a starting pitcher? First off, Joey. I would Wait, we're, we're, st- we're non-political here, Nate. Remember that. We are non-political. But I will say I would be throwing stones if uh, Justin Trudeau was my fearless leader. Let's just say that. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> but second. You don't. I assume that any president would do the deal that uh, most benefits the pockets of the Washington elite. So he'd probably do some shady deals that really benefited the nationals and he'd make them change their, change their name to the Trumps. That's, that's my prediction. There we go. In typical politician fashion. Next question comes from Jay Cottrell. Jay asks this with his arm and sprint speed and the red surplus of infielders, has anyone considered Ellie De La Cruz as a center fielder? Since Zell was converted to a cromulent outfielder, wasn't Tatis Jr. originally an infielder? Physically, he's the one people compare uh, Ellie De La Cruz to a lot. It's not hard to imagine him running down balls in the gap like Billy and gunning down runners like Aquino. Wow, I was hoping we'd get us a, not only a Billy Hamilton reference, my favorite player of all time, but also Aristides Aquino. Love it. Thank you so much for that question, uh, Jay. I'll, I'll take this one first. Yeah, yeah, it has been discussed, and he's, he's played some center field. Um I think the idea is if he can stay stick at shortstop, and we'll find out in spring next year whether he's the shortstop. I, I, I expect we will come into spring training and he will be the presumptive starter at short for the Reds. Uh, and so the, the idea is if you can stick at short, you stay at short. That's the most important uh, position on the field. Uh, I love him at third base as well. If that's where he ends up, I, uh, you know, it, I would not have him at second. I put him in the outfield over second base. I put him in center field over second base, but I like him at third with that gun that he has. He can provide value there. Um, but yeah, I mean, I, yeah, it's a, that's a possibility. The question is though, it, are, do you have someone that can play defensively short, shortstop better than, than Ellie De La Cruz? And I, I don't think, I know that we have a lot of shortstops and a lot of infielders. I don't see one that's, uh, that's going to be better. McLean's good. So maybe McLean uh, ends up being that guy, but, uh, so I guess my, my, my thoughts are, yeah, sure. I, <laughs> he would look great running down balls in the gap, mm-hmm. turning and gunning some guy down at third, like, uh, Eric Davis in the 1990 national League championship series. But, uh, you know, is it uh, going to happen? Wait and see. But, yeah, it's, it's not a bad idea. I love it because then you don't even need corner outfielders. You just move them in behind the infield. So you have a robust infield defense. Ellie just <laughs> tracking down balls across the entire outfield. You're good to go. I love it. I love it. Next question, James Urban. James, what's the best thing about this year's Reds team? You know, I saw this question come across earlier today, and I thought, thank you, James. I'm gonna take uh, I'm gonna take a week off from uh, from 
gently mocking you this week? Because thank you for that question. Uh, and I think it's something that I wanted us to remember from the very beginning of this show. What's the best thing about this year's Reds team, Nate? Where do you begin? Is it, is it Joey right. Cotto's resurgence and the 47 incredibly entertaining things he's done? Is it the Ellie show? Is it Will freaking Benson? Um, I don't know, James, but there have been so many, and it's important to keep that in perspective. How about this? Our Cincinnati Reds are in first place on August 3rd. 2023. That's the best thing. Yeah, I was going to say they're fun. There's a million things. Uh, th there are a million things that you can point to, probably not literally a million, but I would say roughly 106 things you can point to that are way more fun than anything we experienced last year. So, yes, I'm very frustrated at what happened at the trade deadline. and um, But it's why I started this show by saying, you know what, we're still in first place. Still fun. We've had a blast. We've had more fun over the last four months than we've had it. Well, since the beginning of this show, I mean, well, since 2012 or 13. So good question. Nathan Sturworth, um, best name in Riverfront history, Inner Circle Hall of Fame. Ask this. Crawl, this, that's Reds General Manager Nick Crawl, is obviously great at acquiring prospects or players with one or less years of Major League experience. But he seems to not be as great at acquiring veterans. Noe Ramirez. Uh, Sean Doolittle, Mike Miner, Luke Weaver, and uh, Will Myers are basically all the veterans he's acquired, and they were all were and are all awful. Do you think this is a fair criticism of Crawl? I guess my response is I think it's fair. Uh, I think you forget guys like Brandon Drury, maybe. Um, and, uh, and Kevin Newman. Uh, but um, I think it's a fair criticism that he's not yet shown us what he can do in that in that respect. I mean, Noe Ramirez, you know, uh, if in the uh, in the Rizal Iglesias trade, a lot. I, I wonder how much of these deals that we're smacking him around for are because he hasn't had money to spend. He he was told from above that you don't have money to spend, so go out and get you know Sean Doolittle because you have to have a reliever and he's the only thing you can afford at this point. He used to have some success, so I think the jury is out uh, there. I don't think he's shown us anything to make us think he can sort of take this next step and fill in the, the holes in the roster and really actually acquire players that will finish things out. Uh, but I don't know that we have evidence that he can't do it either. So, I, you know, I, it's incomplete to me. Yeah, you kind of took all my talking points right there. So, well done. Um, I agree with your point completely. No, it's a small sample size. We'll see. I think it's fair criticism, sure. Um, I don't blame him for the Will Myers signing by any means. I think we all thought that was a good signing at the time. Um, certainly didn't pan out. Brandon Jury was dope, and Kevin Newman's certainly not been a disaster. So we'll see. He's going to have, uh, we're going to have a few more years of him. I'm pretty sure about that. And we're going to learn whether or not he can fill in those gaps, but uh, I haven't seen it yet. Yeah, no, no, neither have I. So next question, uh, well, I'll give it to you, Nate. It's uh, Mike Bittenbender. Another, another inner circle Hall of Fame riverfront name. Is it too soon to consider moving off Tyler Stevenson uh, this offseason and looking for a better catcher? I think we need a better defensive catcher to help out young arms. Maley has outplayed him, but it's not as young at the position as I would want long term. Maley does have the uh, benefit of being able to uh, pitch in a pinch. He's had two pitching appearances in the last two nights. Um, too soon to consider moving Stevenson uh, this offseason and looking for a better catcher. What do you think, Nate? Yes. It's too All right. soon. <laughs> I would be remiss if I didn't say that I was slightly starting to become a little bit worried because we really haven't seen many flashes at all this season. But there was a longer sample size before this season of him being an above-average major league hitter. I'm going to lean on that more at this point. And I'm all about the automatic balls and strikes, and then uh, his lack of pitch ring ability will be useless. So. Yeah, get some robo lumps in there. It'll help. No, I'm actually going to disagree uh, there uh, somewhat. Um, I don't think it's too soon to be thinking about it. As a matter of fact, I think the Reds should be thinking about how they can uh, upgrade at every single position. And so, and the fact is, I do, I still am, do have high hopes for Tyler Stevenson, but the fact are, you know, he's not performed particularly well, and and certainly he's his his uh, defensive ability is that leaves a lot to be desired. Um, but again, I still I still like him. I don't, I'm happy for him to be the Reds' primary catcher going forward. Um, it's very handsome. Fact, too. Uh, he's just a dreamy, dreamy <laughs> guy. Um, he's probably going to be in the next uh, you know Top Gun movie or something. That guy's just uh, 
But no, I don't think it's too soon to be talking about that. He's had a disappointing season, and there's just no way you can kind of get around that. On the other hand, he's 26 years old. Okay. So, and he's had times when he was hitting very well. I'm not ready to give up on him, but if you can, if you can move him and prove the team somehow, go for it. Brandon Kamick, a statement to the front office concerning the trade deadline. Brandon doesn't have a question. Ned, he has a statement to the front office concerning the trade deadline. You want to read this uh, or you, you want me to take it? <laughs> I'm happy to. It's all the yours. statement is, <laughs> what you just did is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. At no point during your trade discussions was there anything that could even be considered a rational thought. Everyone in this fan base is now dumber for having endured it. I award you no points, and may God have mercy on your soul. <laughs> Joe Boyle rules. Joe Boyle rules. Joe Boyle. Oh, it's turned into a Billy Madison podcast. I love it. Brandon coming in with maybe the uh, viewer mail question statement of the year. Well done, sir. Well done. Well done, indeed. You know something? You suck. Billy Madison went back to school. Let's go. Last question here comes from our newest member of the family, Jordan Biddle. Jordan um, asked this, during the 2023-2024 offseason, who do you guys expect the Reds to sign and trade during free agency? I was hoping they'd sign Josh Hader to solidify the bullpen. And uh, I'm going to give this question because we're running a little bit long, uh, a little bit short shrift. We are absolutely going to take it up in more detail, but there, it's pitching. It's all pitching for me. So, I mean, obviously, show you owe Tani, so I want him to, to uh, pursue. But, you know, there's going to be some guys out there that are going to be worth taking a taking a shot at, you know. Um, is Eduardo Rodriguez going to opt out? They're going to have a shot for him. Uh, you know, what about uh, Marcus Stroman? Again, we're talking about big dollar guys, but um, they're going to have to go out and really look. I don't want to get into it too much because there are so many names. That we could spend 30 minutes talking about what they should do. And we, matter of fact, we will do that at some point as we get closer to the, yeah, to the trade. So anything you want to add to that, Nate? Uh, Mike Moustakis. I want Mike, Mike Moustakis. Mike Moustakis. Jordan also says this. Um, can you give my podcast a shout out? At Reds Fan Podcast. At Reds Fan Podcast. Thanks, guys. Love the show, he says. Um, okay, I'm going to say that again. At Reds Fan Podcast. I'm not currently on Twitter, um, but I'm going to go find out. I'm going to subscribe to the show. I'm going to do more than give your podcast a shout out. I'm going to subscribe to it and start listening to it. Awesome. Thanks. Absolutely. And support the fan. We love it. Yeah. No, absolutely. I encourage all of you to go out there and listen to that and uh, subscribe to it. Smash the subscribe button. Also, Jordan uh, confused us a little because you know he joined the family this week, and his name on Patreon was Cincinnati Reds Fan Podcast. And, but I didn't know what his real name was, so he had to let me know. Here, oh, my real name's Jordan. But at Reds Fan Podcast, go give him a give him a follow and uh, let him know that, let him know how uh, much better his show is than the Riverfront. Can't be worse. Cannot <laughs> be worse. Nate, um, first of all, is there anything else going on around the Riverfront? Nothing too crazy. Tim and Ben, those guys are crushing over at Late Night Reds. Had a great, great episode with Jumbo Diaz and then Joey Ricotta from uh, the Cubs um, Twitter sphere, podcast sphere, hopped on, and they had a really nice back and forth. I think Tim went back and did a uh, appearance on Joey's podcast also, so that was great. Uh, we got a lot of great stuff going on in the Riverfront merch shop, so head on over to RiverfrontCincy.com. Get your Riverfront merch. Uh, thanks to our friends at SeatGeek, and uh, yeah. That's pretty much it. We have some really exciting news coming up, but there are some details that need to be hatched out first before we can drop those on you. We keep teasing that, Nate. And we thought we were going to go do it today, but there's one minor detail still to be worked out. But uh, We were 90 seconds before we hit record on this podcast talking yeah. about announcing it, and then something came up. So stay tuned, Riverfront family. <laughs> stay tuned indeed. Nate. Any any final thoughts for us about uh, what happened this week and, and what we have to come? First place, ladies and gentlemen, your Cincinnati Reds are in first place. I don't know if that'll be true by the time that you hear this podcast because they have a game going on right now, but we hope so. And we're in a pennant race. It's all that matters right now. Enjoy it. Good vibes only. Uh, yeah, well, not only because <laughs> um, 
I understand your frustrations, and I'm frustrated as well, but I'm, I'm also tempering that by the fact that I just want baseball to be fun, and the Reds have a lot of fun players now. And if I got mad every time the Reds didn't do what they needed to do to try to win, I would just be in a constant state of anger because that's all they've done for the last 30 years, essentially. So, you know, whatever. I'm just going to try to enjoy it. And uh, and if you disagree with me, you're not a bad fan. Um, if you scream at people because they have a different opinion than you, you may be a bad – you're not a bad fan, but you're a bad person, I think, is, is a better way to describe that. Yeah, so um, – but root however you want. All right, so this is and has been The Riverfront. Thanks, everyone, for listening and supporting us. I tell your friends about us. That's how you grow a show. Tell your friends. And it's, it's amazing to me to watch the numbers. YouTube subscribers go up every week. Number of downloads are going up every week on audio. And just really appreciate all you all for, for supporting us. Uh, do remember to subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast app and, uh, and on YouTube or both, both preferably. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and you can find us on Twitter still at Riverfront Cincy at Riverfront Cincy. And then again, huge thank you to our supporters at patreon.com slash Riverfront Cincy. The show would literally not be possible without the support of our Patreon family. We'd love for you to join us. Go to patreon.com slash Riverfront Cincy or click the link in the show notes. Hey, shout out to Nate. Shout out to Adam Dunn. Shout out to Lisa Alberto, Wayne Krenchicki, and Eli Cash. For Nate Dodson and Felipe Lopez. This is Chad Dodson saying, Why didn't the Reds get any players at the trade deadline?